Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I'm a life transformation and human design coach who supports others on their own personal growth journeys. This show is all about rediscovering and reinventing who we are, and we are going to talk about it all. From wellness, spirituality, self-empowerment, energy, self-realization, sobriety, mental health awareness, literally anything that can help us along on our own self-project journeys. So let's dive right in. So I want to welcome Keisha Graves to the show. And Keisha is a motivational speaker. She is the founder of Girls Chronically Rock, and she is also the Massachusetts State Ambassador for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. And that's amazing. Um, So her, her business, Girls Chronically Rock, offers inspired fashion celebrating muscular dystrophy and other chronic illnesses. And I have to say, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm really excited to have you on the show and to have you talk to us more. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So do you mind, Keisha, just kind of sharing more of your story, um, sharing more of your story with us, just telling us more about you? Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm Keisha. I'm from Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I'm the CEO and founder of Girls Chronically Rock Clothing Brand. Girls Chronically Rock Clothing Brand was um, inspired by myself because I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy in 2010 when I was actually in graduate school. So, yeah, I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy in my early 20s. Kind of bizarre. Came out of nowhere. And then, boom, I am here now. So how it all started was, you know, I'm in my early 20s, living my best life. I'm in graduate school. I'm working for merchandising companies such as um, Macy's, Target, merchandising for Tommy Hilfiger, Kelvin Klein. And then my body just started to take a weird turn where I would just get really, really weird symptoms in my body. Meaning like, so when I would be walking, my leg would kind of give out on me and I would lose my balance kind of out of nowhere. So the first couple of times it was happening, I just kind of brushed it off. I said, hey. Maybe I just need to exercise, you know, lose some weight, you know, get back on track, something. I was just like not thinking anything else, really. So it was the one day me, my mom and sister were actually leaving the supermarket and I'm pushing the cart. And then, boom, my leg gives out and I fall to the floor. And when I fell, it wasn't like one of those where I can just, boom, get myself back up. okay, and dust myself off. It was like when I fell, I was a dead weight and I could not get myself back up. And it was like even hard for even my mom and sister. So I always remember a stranger even in the parking lot came over and kind of assisted me and helped me back up. And then it was at that moment, my mom and sister were like, you know, something doesn't seem quite right. Maybe it's something in the feet. Let's go see an orthopedic. So I'm like, all right, la-di-da. Still not thinking anything of it. We go see orthopedic here in Boston at Tufts Medical Hospital. I always remember that appointment, you know, regular examination, doctor's appointment, my lie on the bed. Two doctors come in, they kind of say, hey, can you raise your right leg? The leg would not extend out to like how it normally should. And that was the first time I honestly noticed that. Same with the left leg. So they just kind of both looked at each other like, um, (laughs) they're like, I see, I think you need to see a neurologist. So I'm like, okay, you know, still like, all right. Because they're like, you know, we think it's something more neuromuscular. So me and my mom go see a um, neurologist out here in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where I'm from, where I live. And as soon as I see her, we go straight to it, honestly. 
I get testings I've never even heard of. I got MRI, you know, where you're in this tube and you go in. I remember her always asking me, are you claustrophobic? And I'm like, no, but I really didn't know why she asked me then. But once I got the test, then I understood. But I totally fell asleep. So yeah, I got like muscle biopsy, ERI, blood work. And then it was honestly from the muscle biopsy. That's when she determined, Keisha, you have muscular dystrophy. And I always remember that phone call because I'm like, what is muscular dystrophy? I never heard of it. Nobody in my family seems to have it. So first thing I thought was she had to call the wrong person. She must have got the test results mixed up. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. Wow, that's that's incredible. And you said you were in grad school at the time? In grad school, and yes, I thankfully I was able to finish. And, you know, because it was early on during the stage. So, you know, I was still like driving independently and still doing me. You know what I mean? The doctor did say, yes, the disease will progress, but you know, it's at that time I am um, fortunate and grateful that I was able to finish graduate school and all of that stuff. That's amazing. So do you mind telling us a little bit more just about what muscular dystrophy is for somebody who doesn't know? Sure. Muscular dystrophy is a weakness in a muscle. Is it a progressive disease that kind of weakens the whole entire body? There are so many different types that I honestly, I tell people, I still learn about muscular dystrophy. I feel each and every day myself. So my particular type is called limb girdle muscular dystrophy, where it pretty much affects my limbs all the way down to my feet and the limbs where it's like pretty much slow. So like say if me and you was to meet in person, meet in person, like if for me to extend my hand out and arm out to give you a handshake, that would kind of be impossible. You would have to kind of like pretty much grab my arm for me to fully extend out. Um, same with like if like I tried to give you a hug, like that would be hard for me to extend my arms out to kind of give you a hug. Same with like trying to reach like a cabinet. That'll be kind of, you know, hard for me. That's why I'm so thankful that I have that grabber, that extension that I have. So especially when I drop something on the floor, I'm like, oh, that grabber comes in handy. So just like the weakness. And then it's like, like right now I'm in a wheelchair. So it was hard, for instance, to say, like, walk up and down the stairs. So going to friends and family houses, um, thank goodness that I have for my guy cousins, nice and strong. They're able to lift me up those stairs. Because if it honestly wasn't for them, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to go to some of my family events because, you know, they all have stairs, live in houses. So, you know, it, it's kind of impossible. But there's so many different types. I tell people of muscular dystrophy and it's like I can't even say speak on all of them. And it's like I said, I'm still learning each and every day because once it goes down to your type, then there's different variant subtypes to it. So, for instance, there's like limb girdle 2A, 2B. And for me, I'm like a unique rear because I don't know my subtype yet. We have taken several genetic testings like saliva, blood work with my neurologist, and they all have came back inconclusive. So I still don't know my subtype. So I am like a rare kind. My doctor said I'm like a mystery. And because I don't know my subtype, that's why I am unable to say enter any clinical trials at the moment. So that's the pros and cons of that. But, but yeah, muscular, it, it has its, you know, it's like it's it varies, you know, some days like I tell people. I don't know what the body's going to feel like, what's going to happen. Some days I wake up, my personal care attendant will come to help me out the bed. And then some days I have to tell her like, you know, I just need a little bit more time in the bed. Like I'm just, my body's just like tired, achy. And it's just like, you know, it varies, you know? So it's like, I never know what the body's going to bring in. It's, it's something I tell people that it's kind of like this pandemic we are in now. It's something we can't control. And I just have to day by day. I'm really glad that you brought up the fact that there's so many different types because um, I was looking, like I said, when I was looking you up, I saw that you were affected with the limb girdle. And I actually have somebody that I know who I, um, she's affected with Charcot-Marie tooth disease. And so, yes, I heard of that one. 
watched, I watched her journey a little bit on Facebook and, you know, watched what was happening for her. And it's just like you said, she would have these, um, you know, that the muscle weakness that she'd be like, I can't walk. She was even to the point where her feet were starting to club and, you know, turn and yeah. And she's like, I can't walk. I don't know what's going on with me. And so through that process, she found out that this is what she had. And she's, um, exactly. you know, she goes, it's a journey. Like you said, she has really great days, you know, where it doesn't affect her much. And then she has days where she can't get out of bed. So, so with all of that, like, I, I would love if you could talk to us more how do you balance chronic illness with everyday life? Um, sure. Um, as I mentioned, it definitely varies. You know what I mean? Like it has progressed over time. Like I said before, I was independent, you know, not having to rely on personal care attendants, able to drive work independently doing the merchandising work I did. But, you know, it's like kind of something that's out of my control. And of course, it. like I said, I was in my early 20s. It's not like I was born with this. So I was living a whole life before. Like I kind of tell people, it's like I kind of lived two lives, if that makes sense. Like I lived this able body life. Now I'm a part of this disability community where it's like I'm seeing life in a whole new perspective. Like, you know, as an able body person, it's like you really think about how much you take for granted. For instance, like, is this place accessible? Is this going to have an elevator? Does this store have accessible doors for me to open and close? And it's like, all of those things I wasn't thinking about prior. So it's like now I have this no pers- new perspective on life. And I'm glad that I can kind of bring that awareness to my family and friends because now it's like a whole new life for them. But each day it definitely varies. You know, it's like I wake up, you know, I get dressed, I shower. And I told people after I'm done showering and get dressed and that's with, with personal care attendant help. It's like I feel like I just finished running the Boston Marathon. That's how much the, you know, the body feels exhausted, because especially me standing in the shower and it's like, the body just, you know, begins to just like, feels like it wants to shut down. And then it's like, as soon as I'm able to just sit down in my wheelchair, it's kind of like, ah, if that makes sense, I'm like, all right, I feel good. Cause it's like, you know, I feel like I'm safe in my wheelchair. And it's so crazy to say that because before that I'm like, oh, I would never get a wheelchair. If I get a wheelchair, I'll feel like that's the end of it. But now I'm in my wheelchair and I can see now why people said when they're in their wheelchair, they feel more independent and more free. And I never understood that before. And it's like, I get it when I'm in my wheelchair, I feel safe, you know, because it's like, I don't have to worry about walking around, like from the living room to the bathroom and feeling like I had fall, which I have in the past, you know, so my wheelchair, at least I'm in the comfort of my own seat. Only time I have to get up is when using the restroom. So each day it definitely varies. But like I tell people, um, my TV shows keep me sane. I love watching reality TV and all that other craziness. So it's like, and then of course, focusing on my business, Girls Chronically Rock keeps me sane, happy, and then connecting with others in the disability community makes me feel like I'm not alone and like I can talk to them. Because like I tell people, yes, I get the support support of family and friends. And yes, that's awesome. I love them. But there's nothing. And I mean nothing like talking to somebody who gets it and knows what it's like living with a disability slash chronic illness, you know, especially like for me, muscular dystrophy on a daily basis. Because they get it. Yeah. I think that, like you said, you you don't have control over this outcome. Um, I myself was recently dealing with um, just some kind of unexpected, oh, not unexpected, just un- mysterious illnesses that I'm like, what's going on with me? I haven't been able to figure out what's going on yet. Um, and so it just took at this point where you can worry about it and obsess about it and try to control it and be pissed about it and all of this, or do you just, or do you just lean in and realize I can't control this? So I'm, I'm going to choose a different perspective and I'm going to see where I can find joy and happiness and all the other things in between this. Do you feel like, 
do you feel like it kind of worked out that way for you too? Where you, I think it, it it does. I think it definitely did work out that way. But like I tell people, like you know, sometimes they may see like you know, yeah, my social media or in interviews, and they're like, oh, you have great energy. But it's like I'm upfront and honest. I'm like, I still have my days. Remember, I'm like, I'm living with muscular dystrophy. This is something that came out of nowhere in my early twenties. Not like something I was born with. I was playing softball, running up and down stairs, doing what I had to do. So I'm like, of course, there's days, you know, I still have falls. Good thing, I, luckily, I wear my lifeline button with me 24-7. Because, you know, I don't have PCAs with me 24-7. So, like, say if I'm doing a transfer from here to the toilet or anything, I could possibly have a fall, which has have happened. But thankfully, I hit my lifeline button and the end teams come. Of course, when I have a fall, that may put a damper on things. I don't feel too happy about that. Because having a fall, that can make them, the body then more weaker. So I'm kind of like, oh, have a damper. But, you know, so it definitely I still have my days. But, you know, I just I try to stay focused. All I can do is take it day by day. And I think it's beautiful. Like you mentioned, too, you have your community. You have a business to pour into. You have you have meaning for you. And I think that when you have that meaning in your life and you have those things that you love and that light you up, I think that that also makes it. I would say maybe easier to get out of the bed in the mornings too. Yeah, definitely. I want to know too. So your first symptom that you had with the muscular dystrophy was the weakness, right? Yes. Would you say that that's the most common one that you've heard about? Yes, actually it has. It's so funny because I'm a part of these wonderful um, support groups on Facebook, like living with limb girdle muscular dystrophy, living with, you know, regular muscular dystrophy overall. So hearing different stories, I'm not the only one that was diagnosed in their like later age. And when I share my story or when someone says, hey, I've read your blog, I had those same symptoms where I was falling and it just kind of came out of nowhere. And I'm like, this is common. And it's also common for like, as I mentioned earlier, how I don't know my subtype. That's also common as well. There's like a whole support group dedicated to limb girdle, muscular dystrophy, people unknown, like our subtypes still trying to figure it out. So I'm just like, I'm not the only one. So I feel, I mean, of course, it's not great that we have to deal with this, but just to know that you're not the only one and I have that support and I can talk to people who get it. So yeah, I get so many different messages and people I meet on support groups where they have the same exact story. And I'm like, that's crazy. It's crazy how life is. It's like, you never know what's going on in your body? Like, where does it come from? Is it something we ate? Someone we hang out with? Was it the clothes we wore? What was it? You know, so, but yes, they are stories that I have um, spoke to and the stories like a mirror to mine. And I find it like so crazy. I'm like, wow. That's great. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask, is muscular, muscular dystrophy something that's genetic? Or is it like you said, they don't really know it can come from anything? Yeah, they, that's the thing. Some doctors, they say it's genetic. Nobody in my family seems to have it, but I was told like, just because somebody in my family may not have it, that someone may be a carrier. So for instance, like my mom or dad or sister may be a carrier, but I just so happen to be the one to get it. We haven't got any testing done um, physically. Like we could get testings. Like they say, they can test my mom and sister to see if like, oh yeah, let's see if they're a carrier. And we could, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, but what is this? It's not like that's going to get a cure. You know, it's like, all right, I find out my mom's a carrier. What is that going to do? I can't like say transfer her blood into mine and then I'm magically cured. You know, so I'm like, it is what it is. And I am a true believer in that. You know, like they say, oh, God doesn't put things on people that they can't handle. But sometimes I feel like if it was my sister, like she she wouldn't be able to handle this. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yes. Yeah. Right. 
Sure. Um, so yeah, Girls Chronically Rock is kind of like my baby, I say. So um, just to give a little background, I always had a passion for fashion. I always knew I wanted to be a fashion designer slash entrepreneur. I got my undergraduate degree from Framingham State University, where I studied fashion design and merchandise. And so I always knew I wanted to do something in fashion. But of course, as we know, sometimes life unexpectedly takes a turn. So of course, I wasn't expecting to get diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. So when I was, of course, that kind of put a damper on things because I was in total denial. You know, even going on job interviews, wearing, using a cane, I would tell them like I sprayed my ankle or I was in a car accident. So it's like, that's how much in denial I was. So here I was like, what does my future hold? What is going to happen? So after some time, you know, of kind of coming out of denial, connecting with others, you know, on the like social media, Instagram, Facebook, I'm like, you know, maybe this kind of all happened for a reason for me to kind of share my platform and share my fashion knowledge to kind of bring awareness about this crazy world, especially muscular dystrophy. So I was like, you know what? I want to create a t-shirt line because I love wearing that grit, um, different like graphic tees with like inspirational quotes, all of that. So I how I came up, with, came up with the name was that I knew I wanted something chronic for the work for chronic illnesses, but I didn't know how I wanted to incorporate it all together. So honestly, I was just lying in bed one night where I mostly get most of my creative ideas, whether I'm sleeping or in bed. And I thought girls chronically rock. And I love the way it sounded. I love the way it flowed. And I'm like, oh, I love that. And then I first started off with Etsy, you know, having different quotes. Like I have trust your dopeness, which I love. That seems to be the number one bestseller. Um, trust and believe in yourself, I thought. You know, trust your dopeness. The next bestseller is hello, my name is chronically ill badass. Because I'm like, yes, we may be chronically ill, but we're badass as well. And then I just kind of like to express my feelings and my journey of what I'm going through through my line, especially with everything that happened with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. You know, I posted, um, created a shirt on um, Black Lives Matter. And then I thought it was very important to put Black Disabled Lives Matter because here I am as African-American and I have a disability. So I feel like I got two targets on my back. So I felt like that was important to express that on the shirt and that totally sold well and people love that. So I love to get like that feedback and people like, oh, I love that and things like that. And during this pandemic um, with the inventory of t-shirts I had, I worked with a designer here in Boston and I had her make some um, face masks for me out of my inventory of t-shirts. So, you know, because I'm like, it seems like, you know, the face mask is going to be a new fashion trend. But yeah, yeah. Girls Friendly Rock, so it totally was inspired. You know, like I said, I always had a passion for fashion. I looked up to designers like Betsy Johnson, Kimora Lee Simmons from Baby Fat, and Tommy Hilfiger. So it's like, you know, now I have this whole new life of fashion. And not only that, I'm now learning about adaptive fashion, where I didn't know about when in school, like adaptive, meaning more accessible, more functional clothing for people like myself with a disability to get dressed more easier, more independently on a daily basis. So my goal right now is I'm looking to launch uh, an adaptive swimwear collection in January 2021 under the Girls Chronically Rock Umbrella. Oh my God. That is so cool. Thank you. Like, so cool. <laughs> so can we find all of your stuff on your website then? Yes, definitely. Yes. Um, girlschronicallyrock.com. And I am actually collaborating. You will see on the website, there's a tab there that says GCR Adaptive Project. That adaptive project is I'm actually collaborating with the university I graduated from, Framingham State University, um, working with the fashion department on teaching them about adaptive fashion. And they actually are presenting me their final presentations next week with all the adaptive wear they're creating. So I am so excited. I hope this takes off and and yeah, I think it's going to be great. I'm so glad that now I can bring this back to the university I graduated from because I'm like, you know, we're not learning this in school. Like, you know, I can admit, like I say, when I was in school, I wasn't thinking about adaptive fashion because I also didn't really know anybody with a disability and I didn't have a disability that. So it's like now that I know about it and I'm so obsessed with fashion, I can now bring this knowledge, you know, back to the university. 
So what other kind of things do you have going on then? Do you have other projects going on? I actually opened a nonprofit called Trust Your Abilities. It's still like fairly new. It's like, I'm still kind of see if I can actually find a partner that honestly, like I can kind of work with to kind of, you know, run that. Cause I think I'm so focused on Girls Chronically Raw, but Trust Your Abilities, that actually was inspired by one of my t-shirts. Cause although I have Trust Your Dopeness, I love Trust Your Abilities. Cause I thought that's kind of like a better word for like disabilities and Trust Your Abilities. I wanted to start that because it's like people in the disability community, we have such a hard time sometimes say buying equipment. And a lot of people may think, oh, we get that support from, say, like the Muscular Dystrophy Association or the MS Society or wherever. And a lot of the insurances don't cover things like this. Like, for instance, I would like a wheelchair scale, but the insurance doesn't cover that. And you wonder why, you know, like certain things or like want to get like an easy stand to help you stand up easier from your wheelchair. For instance, I have a GoFundMe right now to raise funds for an accessible vehicle. So that way I can get into, you know, with my wheelchair and my family, friends and PCA can drive me around. So all of these things that are kind of lack of in the disability community, that's why I wanted to start this nonprofit to kind of get grants and proposals and just kind of get donations so that I can kind of give back so people can apply like, hey, oh, I need this. And, you know, yes, I know I'm not going to be able to give to everyone, but just kind of the start, I think I feel good about that. And I, you know, just hope to get it going, hopefully by the new year. But yep, it's open and running. And I actually have an Instagram page and a website, trustyourabilities.org. Sometimes I honestly forget about it. It's crazy. Awesome. Well, we are going to link everything in show notes because I think that that's amazing. And you bring up a great point about um, medical insurance. They don't always cover everything. And it's, it's, I mean, that could be a whole nother conversation on, (laughs) on that. So I won't go down that, that rabbit hole, but um, that's, I think that's a great point that you brought that up. And so what you're doing with that nonprofit is so important to help other people get that stuff that can make their lives easier, more joyful, more accessible that they otherwise aren't going to be able to get. How important. So make sure you go check out Trust Your Abilities as well. So what else? You're also the Massachusetts State Ambassador for Muscular Dystrophy. So yeah, so now that I got to update that. So I was the former. So now I served that for two years. But yeah, that was totally a lot of fun. It was like, you know, kind of like I looked at myself as kind of like the mayor of, you know, the Muscular Dystrophy Association. And it was awesome because I learned so much more in depth about the Muscular Dystrophy Association, like how much the firefighters are involved in the local communities, because they have something called fill the boot where they raise funds, go out on the streets, have like beer wine tastings, and they raise, you know, money for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. I think that's so amazing, because as you know, firefighters, they already put in their daily life, you know, at risk for us on a regular basis. So for them to go out then to raise funds for us, I'm just like, oh my God. So I thought that was very touching. I'm still connected and involved you know with the firefighters events till this to this day and you know of course with the pandemic it has put a damper on things so I'm hoping that things can get back to normal and things by next year hopefully fingers crossed but um yeah the they, they do so much for the muscular dystrophy association and just kind of promote and bring that awareness and so I was so grateful for the opportunity and if they were to ask me to become ambassador again I I would totally do it because either way ambassador or not I'm still very involved with the um, muscular dystrophy association and yeah I thank them for a lot of things for me like even meeting with other MDA families and connecting with other individuals young adults like myself that I can talk to where they get it so yeah it's, it's great. Um, I love also I'm in California. So when you were saying about the firefighters with filling the boot, I'm like, yes, we do that. They have that in our town every once in a while. They'll be out on one of our busy intersections with their boots out. And so I was just I was just picturing that when you were talking about it. I'm like, yes, they do that here too. So 
Keisha, do you want to let us know where we, you've already told us your website link, but where could we find you on social media? Where are you at? Sure. I am on um, Instagram, girls chronically underscore rock. And as I mentioned about the nonprofit, um, I actually am on Instagram as well. Trust your abilities. I believe, yeah, I think it's all just like trust underscore then your abilities underscore. Sorry, I made it so difficult. And then, so yeah, trust your abilities. And then I'm also on LinkedIn, Keisha Grace. I'm trying to get more um, connections and connect with a lot of great people on LinkedIn because I'm like, I need an advantage. And I feel like I'm also on a lot on um, Instagram, but I'm like, everyone's like, LinkedIn is where it's at. And I'm like, I believe that now. <laughs> so yeah, and then I'm on Facebook under my Keisha Graves. So yeah, feel free to add me, leave me a message. I'm, I love to hear from people. Perfect. Do you have your own podcast as well? Oh, yes, I do have my own podcast. I kind of feel like it's still fairly new. So I guess that's another thing. I feel like I forget about that. And that's another thing. I do have an Instagram page, Girls Chronically um, Rock Podcast. And I also have a page on Facebook, Girls Chronically Rock Podcast. So with that, it's kind of in the beginning, you will hear some interviews of just myself, interviews of me interviewing others, but then also like how I'm on a podcast with you. Like if okay with you, I like to do like cross promos. And then I would like interview, like you would hear like other interviews of um, other interviewers, like interviewing me on their podcast. So I'd like to share that on mine as well. And yeah, people seem to like it. So yeah. And I do that on anchor. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw that. And I'm like, yes, another podcaster. See, totally almost forgot about that. (laughs) As I say, you have so many things going on. I think that that's completely amazing. Like Thank you. I just see you just like grabbing life and just saying, let's go. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay down. I'm going to go out. I'm going to help others. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do my passion and I'm going to help others at the same time. Like that's, that's what I've heard this whole time. And I have to say you're such an inspiration. Um, so much. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. So let us know. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add? Anything that we didn't touch on? Any kind of closing thoughts? I think I talked about the main things. I'm glad you brought up the podcast. We talked about my trust your ability. So I'm like just trying to bring that more. I'm like, Keisha, don't forget about your nonprofit. And then, of course, Girls Chronically Rock, that's the main star. And then, um, yeah, check out the GCR Adaptive Project and see these talented, wonderful students at Framingham State University doing their designs on adaptive fashion. And yeah, I'm hoping I can sell some of the designs on my website. You'll probably see that and then hopefully get it into some stores. That would be amazing. Yes. Awesome. So I want you guys make sure that you check out the show notes for everything. Um, We're going to have everything linked to Keisha and go check out what she's got going on. Go um, check out her fashion line and see all the things that she's going to do because literally you're busy. (laughs) You're nonprofit, everything. So I just want to tell you, thank you again so much for being here, for being on and for sharing with us and just giving us more information about muscular dystrophy and, you know, what you're doing and how you're living life. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And I will see you next time.